Are we recording? Yes, sir. Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Recording this on an ever so sad note. The Toronto Maple Leaf season has come to an end. Five games, well, technically four total games less or more than last season. As always, joined by Jason. Yes, sir. Um, tough way to lose. Uh, shouldn't have been here in the first place, but honestly, I think the, the toughest part of all of this is that it was fun. It was a fun run. Short, I guess. Yep. Longer than normal, but still relatively short. Almost I feel like they the deserved half- more than losing losing in five. They played yeah. better than yeah. they, five games. but They definitely did play better and deserved more than that. So just yeah. unfortunate, but... I mean, that's always ran sometimes. into a hot goalie. Didn't get some of the bounces that you would have liked. I mean, like you could say, "Oh, enough of this." You can't say you got goalied again, but it's like, okay, Bobrovsky did play well. Number one and number two, look at the bounces that the Leafs didn't get. They got some. They did get that Nylander goal from last game and ended up winning. But it's like Marner off the post late in the game. In this one, there were several posts. Matthews crossbar early in game three, like. You hit you hit a lot of iron in this in this series, yeah. And tough break with Matthew Nice too. I know injuries happen, but that one that one kind of stung as well. Yeah, and so. just just to touch on the goalie thing, seven point seven five goals saved above expected on in five games. That's almost absurd. I, I heard nine from someone else, so I totally I, I'm believe looking, that I'm he sourcing was, that from Natural Statric. We should probably say where we get it from. I'm sure Money Puck is probably higher. Because Money Puck I is think usually that's where more Money Puck had him at like nine or something yeah. like that. So he played well. I mean, yeah. you got to give him credit. He, you know, the Leafs got those one-on-one opportunities with him, and he's challenged well. I thought he didn't overplay pucks. His reads were pretty good, and you know, came up with a few huge athletic saves at times too. Like you got to think, like in overtime, the Leafs didn't deserve to lose they had the momentum like look at that Matthews chance in front Kelly Yarncroft had a grade a chance right in front of the net but Bobrovsky just read the play and stayed right with him that was a terrific save that was a season there was a it was a game saving save yeah so absolutely I mean there was there was a ton of chances in overtime too like you did the one you just mm-hmm. mentioned then also the Lafferty one um the the Matthews one the um I think John Tavares also had, like there's ton, tons of chances in overtime and he came up big for them. So mm-hmm. I mean, credit to him, but exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, well, that's a great series from Bobrovsky. Um, unfortunately, the points shot strategy didn't quite work as well as it did with Tampa Bay. Um, I mean, if this is a regular season, are they calling a lot more penalties than they did in front of the net? Probably. They really were very lenient on calls, but then again, you got to think about that. There's two teams in the game. If one team's doing it, like you should have taken advantage of that. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that the the refs didn't miss any calls on the Leafs. They missed a lot, but you know it didn't. That that series, the series did not end up being the track meet that we thought it would be. Yeah, and the biggest thing in season, I think Dom wrote about this uh, at the Athletic. Um, but the biggest thing in for the Florida Panthers this season was their special teams play caused their um the their games to turn into track meets right so mm-hmm. well I, almost everything to do with special teams in the sense that their penalty penalty kill isn't that good their their power play isn't the best but it's above average Whatever. but the biggest thing is that they take a lot of penalties and draw a lot of penalties and well as oh. well so when you do that at, at, over a season long 
over over a season, when you take three to four penalties a game and the other team is also taking three to four penalties, that will just naturally lead to a track meet. But when you're getting half that amount, even less in a game, of course, there's going to be less goals, less power play opportunities. So really, I guess, I don't know, five on five play is the most important thing in the playoffs. Because again, as we know, the power power plays diminish over time. If you have an elite power play and you can score on almost Mm -hmm. all of them, then yeah, that's massive. Because when you do get those very few opportunities, it gives you the upper hand. But um yeah, we just weren't able to capitalize when we had the we we, we had, had a couple power. power plays and you just didn't score. That yeah, was that's the massive. biggest thing. Yeah, you too early. There were some chances, but it was like just not enough. I mean, yeah, yeah. You knew right after that uh, we got the call on Brody, where Brody was in front of the man. And he kind of got pushed. Listen, I think that's a penalty, obviously. But you knew that the way that yeah. Paul Maurice was reacting, the team was taught like Florida was talking to the referees. I knew at that point, I'm like, they're not going to call a single penalty for the rest of the game. Oh again, yeah. They didn't other than the puck over glass. So, mm-hmm. which you have to call, but um, uh, uh, whatever. That puck over glass, it's always so weird because I was watching. I'm like, that was, it looked at first like Barkov's stick, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, if they call this on Brody and that was Barkov's stick, this is going to be a pivotal moment in that like call. Like they're going to be able to review it from, they're probably going to implement a rule where they can review it. But they ended up actually getting it correct because it turned out it was Brody's stick. But my question is, how did they see that? Because I feel like they absolutely did not. I hate when they they congregate together and they like whisper and they have their little they have their little group on the ice and they huddle together. So what did you see? What did you see? I feel like they're getting fed that information from up, well, up above because yeah. it, rarely do they get it wrong. I feel like no, well yeah, but it's they, just like why not say like yeah we are reviewing it and it's like oh okay, it's this. The referee grabbed the iPad from the box and was looking at the. There was three referees huddled together and one of them went to the box and grabbed the iPad to take a look. So it's like. I'm they say sure. they don't review that call, but I think they do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they How do. How did they see that? It was in yeah. like a scrum. Like, it's so stupid. They that do they review it. They do review it. Yeah. But they do the little, they do a huddle up to pretend like they're doing something. But really what they're saying is let's just they wait like for the guys. They like to pretend they can't review that penalty, but. Yeah. Pardon? They, they like to pretend that they can't review exactly. that penalty. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But in reality, they, they do. They fully do. Yeah. So just a tough way to end the season. I mean, you you dug yourself a two a 3-0 hole in the series. Got it. Got it to three one. We were hoping this game, like you went down two zero, and it was just like, oh, ah, oh, geez, here it goes. But they fought back really, really hard. Um, I mean, a two zero hole in the playoffs is really difficult to dig yourself out of. To yeah. make it to overtime and to have all those close chances, that Riley no goal, which I don't know if that went in or not. We'll like we'll talk about that in a second. The Mitch Marner hit the post, as I mentioned, a few other chances here and there. Like, I mean, it sucks also. Like, Jake McCabe had a grade-A scoring opportunity that Bob shut the door on him pretty good, yeah. and then the Panthers go back the other way and score. Like, Yeah. It's tough. Shitty. But that's, that's also part of the game. Like, that's why we watch, yeah. right? Like, we... Listen, the Leafs, Leafs are a better team than Florida, and I'm I'm still confident in saying that. Just because you lose a, a series to a team doesn't mean that you're the worst team. But that's also why we watch, right? It's because sometimes things like that can happen where the, the lesser team wins. So uh, mm-hmm. it's just painful the way that we went about it. Like you said, like going down 3-0, obviously that's inexcusable. Um, that's part of the problem. But that game, this game, like game, game five right here, didn't feel like the Leafs should have lost that one. Like... You, you like you said, all the, all those missed opportunities. It feels like we were the better team on the ice, and we kind of deserve we deserve that win. I think. Yeah, like Florida got. I didn't away think with they that. played to their fullest ability. Like they had like fifty shots, but it was just it felt like just like a lot of volume going towards the net. 
Um, is that the best strategy? I don't know. But, I mean, just the one thing that was so noticeable in this game and this series, essentially since Sam Lafferty came in, is just how poorly the Panthers dealt with speed. And especially yeah. on with William Nylander as well. Yeah. Like, they yeah. could not deal with the speed of some of these guys. And that's why our fourth line, like, at times in this game, it almost felt like they should have been playing more. I know that's going to sound crazy. Uh, yeah. But, I, I like, don't... Kerfoot, Lafferty together were cycling the puck very well. They like Sam Lafferty was a big part of that goal. And I believe yeah. he's probably got the, the primary assist on that. Yeah. Like, I, I, they could not deal with the speed at all. I don't disagree with you at all either. Because, like, last series, it felt like O'Reilly and Achari, wh- whoever was on their line, even though the expected goals didn't really reflect that, I thought that was, mm-hmm. like, probably our best, one of our best lines. Mm-hmm. But in this series, they didn't feel as impactful. And I think that was probably as a result of their speed, right? They lacked the foot speed to uh, yeah. put put these Florida Panthers defensemen in, in bad situations. And I think that's why, like, our fourth line, like you said, looks a lot better. Because, mm-hmm. like, like you said, exactly. It's the speed, right? So, um Think about, they, like the fourth line contributed in three different games. Yeah. There was the game two where you got the Alex Kerfoot goal, point shot, David Camp on the screen, um, and then Alex Kerfoot on the rebound. You had the Sam Lafferty goal off the rush. And then in this game, that was, a, a again, a Morgan Riley point shot through two screens in front from Callie Yarncroft and David Camp. Uh, and it came off of a Callie Yarncroft zone entry too. Like, it, they they played well, like, as we said, we complained in the offseason about the depth scoring from last yeah. year and years past, how we yeah. had Mikheyev and we had Engvall and they had zero goals on a goalie through God knows how many games. And if we get a goal here and a goal there, we're going to win. But ultimately, the thing that we I believe we did remind people is that if the core four does not play to their best abilities, you're not going to win. And unfortunately, we got the depth scoring in this series. Like, when you look at it up and down, you got a lot of goals from just, just like like Everyone. random guys. Like, you got yeah. a contri- contribution from Alex Kerfoot. Sam Lafferty, I mentioned. David Camp chipped in with two points, I believe. Yep. Like, just Austin Matthews goose egg in the goal column. Yep. Yeah, and that's, and that's part of the problem, right? It's the guys who, again, like, I hate saying this because I just went on a rat la- rant last time talking about two guys on our team who get paid a lot of money. People want them traded, but at the end of the day, it's the two highest paid players on your team who essentially are paid to, to score goals. Yep. Did not score a single goal in five games, which is, I wonder if there's been a five game stretch where both John Tavares and Austin Matthews have not scored like collectively. Ever? Yeah. While they played together. So like, I, no I, I lean towards no. I mean, maybe early in the year. It happens. Matthews took a while to get going. Yeah, I guess. I rarely guess, but... does it happen. Rarely does it happen. You are correct. But, it's yeah, it's just tough because again, it's not like they didn't have their chances, but like at saw like listen, chances are chances, but like these guys are pay, are, are supposed to be elite finishers. You have you have to finish those. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, like we talked about the power play. John Torres, like if you're on the first power play, you have to he be looked confident. like he was skating in molasses out there. You have to be confident that you're gonna bury that pass for Marner. Mm-hmm. If you're coaching the team and you're not confident that John Torres was gonna bury that that puck, you should have had William Nylander out there, honestly. Like mm-hmm. people were clamoring for William Nylander to get on the power play, and if yeah, like I, I'm for it because listen, seemingly deservingly had... so too. Like I, I think the Panthers, what their biggest issue is on the penalty kill is what is puck movement, and the Leafs didn't really move 
the puck east to west, I would say quick enough. Like yeah. they're very easy to catch on an overlap and then you're able to get a good one timer. Uh, and then off of there, you, you, you deal with the rebounds and such, but I don't think the least did a good enough job, you know, getting those opportunities. So yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think they should have made that correction. You didn't really need O'Reilly and Tavares in the net front. Like you did in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. Maybe it's because William Nylander, I don't know if it doesn't want, doesn't feel like it's right to play in that middle spot for him. Maybe they felt like if the first power play wasn't going, you have William Nylander just to get essentially a free zone entry and get a couple chances there. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what the thinking was, but it's just, I, I, to me, like in that game, when there's only, when you know that there's, they don't call penalties and you get two prime power play opportunities early in the game to put yourself ahead and you get a fantastic chance on the doorstep and you can't put it in. That's just like, that's heartbreaking for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. A lot of the guys got a lot of shots on net, but didn't have much to show for it. Like, I don't know. Got to give props though. Just overall in this series, overall in this game, he looked terrific too. Morgan Riley in these playoffs. Sorry. My goodness. What a playoffs from Morgan Riley have to give him credit. All the credit that is due. I mean, Someone was like to me, like, does this make up for the regular season? Like, and I told him, one thousand percent. He could have went minus eighty-two with twenty-five points in the regular season. If the Leafs make the playoffs and he plays like this, it more than makes up for it. Absolutely. I do not care what he does in the regular season. And it's almost like now I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, I got to keep that in mind next season. I got to say, I got to preface it any sort of Morgan Riley slander with, if he can pick it up in the playoffs, it will all make it okay. Because man, did he really turn it on in the playoffs, and he was a massive part of it. When you look at the Leafs scoring leaders through 11 playoff games this year, Mitch Marner, number one, 14. He had 11 in the first round, so three in the second. Morgan Riley, 12 points in 11 games, and he had he, he led the Leafs in points at all situations against the Panthers with four in five games. So shout out to Morgan Riley. What a performance. Yeah, and he also scored some good goals. He should have had how many points did you say? Scored some 11. clutch goals. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he Get had 11, 11 points, you said? He should have had 12. Like, if we're going to be honest, he should have had 12. No, he had 12. He had 12 in 11 so games. he should have had 13. Should've, should have had 13, had exactly. 13. Um, um, but yeah, he scored the OT winner, scored the tying goal against, uh, in game four against Tampa Bay, uh, scored to get the Leafs on the board in this game as well, got the puck through the screen. I think it was funny, just like, there was a couple plays where Justin Hole got it at the point and he was looking for a lane to, to take a shot. And then like immediately after watching Morgan Riley do the same thing, just the difference in the ability, the puck handling ability and the confidence between the two was like night and day. It was insane watching that, but shout out Morgan Riley. What a playoffs. What a performer. Yeah. And listen, we, we bagged on him throughout the year and deservedly. So like, listen, he didn't have a good season. No, just it's not, not a hot take to say the Leafs play better without Morgan Riley during the regular season. That's not a hot take because they even did. A, it's not even a take. And they've got a good sa- they got a good sample size of it too. What fifteen games? Yeah, we we have tangible evidence of statistics that back up this point. It's not just like oh, I think Morgan Riley's bad because he's playing bad. It's like when the when Morgan Riley was on the ice with our best players, we would generate we would generate the same amount of scoring chances, but we would get a significantly 
significantly more scoring chances against when he's on the ice, thus mm-hmm. in creating a, a worse expected goals number. But in the playoffs, that is a completely different story. And you can just use your eyes to see that because what I saw when he played in the season, I saw a lot of low IQ moves in his own zone, not being able to track the puck, not being able to track his man when the puck is moved around. I don't think that was an issue at all during the playoffs. Maybe there was one or two times he got lost in the shuffle and lost his guy, never resulted in a goal. On top of that, his confidence to just grab the puck and skate it up ice was a oh. difference maker for this team. Mm-hmm. Are we, ha- we struggled even against Tampa and both against Florida. We struggled to move the puck up ice, but just having a guy who's confident enough to just get his eyes up, look down ice and just say, F it. I'm like, I'm jumping up into the middle of the ice. I'm going to create either create a passing lane for myself by drawing, drawing people in and making Florida react to me or just skate it up the ice myself. That is massive for the team. And that's that all that being said, his offensive output was also fantastic. So without without even talking about his offensive output, I just I was able to outline multiple things that Morgan Riley did incredibly well in this playoffs. So I, I know we were gonna kind of save this later, but this guy is this guy is our Con Smythe winner, right? Like if we, oh yeah, I yeah. if no we're awarding a best player of the playoffs for, who played for the Leafs, it's without a doubt Morgan Riley. Yep, one thousand percent. So one thousand percent. I don't think there's much debate about it. Yeah, and uh, anyways. I'm, Again, like I'm, I'm more than happy than being wrong. I was incredibly wrong about him in the in the regular mm-hmm. season. I, I, I got it wrong. But yeah, again, he, if he's gonna play like this, I'm happy. I'm, I'm okay with it. That's this is not a problem for me. One thousand um, percent. So, in terms of this series, would you call this series a failure? I, uh, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess, it, I guess it kind of is a failure because you, and anytime you lose, it's a failure, right? But like what? Yeah. Whoa. Like I think, I think the Leafs had the edge in Game One because of even five on five power play, they had the advantage in Game One. Lots of good chances, unfortunately, couldn't put one in. Game Two, I thought they flat out played better. Shitty luck that, uh, and they end up losing that one. Game Three, they got outplayed handedly. That was you deserve that loss. Game Four, I believe they played better. And Game Five, sure, I'll give them the edge. I think in terms of expected goals, they had the edge. In terms of shots, they had the edge, but also. The Panthers sat back a lot after that first period. You got to look at it that way as well. But in this game, I would give them the edge overall. Um, so, like, that's four to the five games you get the edge. However, like, it's the playoffs. You can't look at, like, expected goals is great over 82 game sample size. It'll show what's going to correct itself and what's not. But in the playoffs, it's a different animal, it's a different game. Like, the you're you should be judged off of your actual output and not your underlying numbers yeah that's very true and so sorry was your question is was this series a failure or was the yes and so therefore based off output you failed you couldn't yeah you didn't score more than two goals yep fair enough i think this series is a failure yeah we couldn't you're, you're right we couldn't bury more than two and and think about it this way too. Your starting goalie got injured, and you you were down to technically your third string goalie, the guy who was not who was injured to start the year. You were playing a different third goalie at the beginning of the year, and this guy walks in first ever playoffs and plays rock solid for you. I thought they played very well in front of him, but he looked pretty rock solid, and you couldn't get more than two goals of run support. You couldn't figure out 
Sergei Bobrovsky more than two times in a game? It's tough. I mean, I think there was a lot to like about what they how they played, but overall, you should have won this series. And you did not. So now what? Like I I think based yeah. on how they played, it's not like a blow it up like you can't win with them ever. Yeah. Like it's just like uh it's frustrating, it's tiresome, but where else are you going to find uh, like players like what they have right now? Like uh, is there a trade that's available where you get like like would it make sense to do what like Florida did where you trade two pivotal pieces for a longer term pivotal piece? Like I don't know, is that the best idea? I'm not I, certain I on that, but I think I think we should Save the, well, let's save that we'll discussion save that for, for a later date because we're yeah. probably going to have something out like that on Wednesday. But like, yeah, I see what you're saying because a lot of people are asking those questions. And it's like, I mean, let the dust settle. Media availability yeah. is Monday. We'll see what people are saying. And uh, yeah, try to game plan for free agency after yeah. the Stanley Cup is awarded. But yeah, I think I'm getting a little too ahead of myself. But overall, yeah, well, yes, it's a failure. So, you should have won. You did not. Therefore... Yeah, so it was a failure, but I think there are still some positive things that we can take away, mm-hmm. not just from mm-hmm. the series, but from the playoffs, right? Like, so like, yes, the se- series was a failure, but also at the same time, like, man, Joseph Wall played really well, and I don't understand it was only two games, but Joseph Wall played really, really well. He stopped forty shots. Like, listen, we got we got fifty two, fifty three shots, right? But Ford also got forty shots too, and, and Joseph Wall mm-hmm. like played pretty well and made some great okay. saves when it mattered yeah. most. I mean, at the beginning of the game. That first goal he let in, I didn't think that was great. Probably could have been. Did it get tipped? I'm not. Maybe it got tipped. I'm not sure. But like from what I, I saw, I've only seen the live angle of it. I haven't seen a different angle yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it looked really weird. I don't know how it fooled him so much. It must have hit. I think it I, hit you know something, what? I think but it, I'm I not think certain. Get, I think it did get tipped. I think it was Hall who tipped it, or whoever. Someone, someone Based on his it. reaction, that's how it looks. But yeah. who knows? Anyways, but yeah, it, it optically didn't. At first glance, it doesn't look good. I mean, the second goal is a tough one. What can you do there? But held the fort well. I mean, the overtime goal, I mean, did, was he out? Like, a, I think he was distracted a lot by Radko Gudis in that one. Did he, like, hold his ground and challenge enough? I'm not 100% certain on that. But then if you over-challenge, you're able to get beat on the, the deke or maybe you overreact. So... I mean, the, the overtime goal is just like a good shot, a good play. I would say that, but he 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 played solid. No complaints on Joseph Wall at yeah. all. I, I think he also on that third goal got mixed up because he probably saw Kelly Arnkrook trying to challenge. And I mean, again, you can yeah. watch on Twitter to see why didn't why didn't Kelly Arnkrook get his stick on Nick Cousins? Uh, the same reason why Jake Muzzin wasn't able to get his stick on Nick Paul in Game Seven. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't know you were allowed to hold the opponent's stick in overtime. Yeah. That was just playoffs. Really that was honestly so painful to watch. Um, but when you see the replay, it's just so clear as day that he's holding yeah. the stick. Some ref commented on like the video I posted. It's like Leaf, I'm a diehard Leaf fan. It was like a verified account. He's an AHL ref. I don't know who it is. He's like, I'm a diehard Leaf fan, but that's soft. You can't call that. That's not a, like you can't call that on Radko Gudis. I'm like, well. Yeah, you're brainwashed, and that's part of the problem yeah. <laughs> that you yeah. can't call that on Radko Gudis, even though it is a penalty, and you are admitting it. Yeah, your logic is just broken. Yeah, it's funny. Is he saying he... it by that? Lo- oh, you can't call that in overtime. Yeah, is it a call? Yes. Then call it. Yeah, because by say by the the implication of saying you can't call that is like you're you're already 
like conceding the fact that yes, that is a penalty, but you're saying as a result of the game stay in the situation, you, you can't call it. Which again, if there's yeah. if they add that to the rule book, I'll be okay, and I might just it's, stop watching hockey. But like until they do that, it's just not an excuse yeah. anymore. It's so stupid because the it's like not to complain about the refs. They at least didn't lose the series because of the refs. Whatever. I just don't like the thought process that oh. If we call stuff in overtime, you're letting the officials decide the game. No, by not calling things, you're also letting the officials decide the game. The game has rules. And what, the only rule we're allowed to follow is puck over glass? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. It's it's, stupid. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's frustrating. And honestly, like Lee saying, it will never change. As long as Gary Bettman is in charge, it will never change because he supports and he has all the confidence in the world in the officials. So whatever. Yeah, non- nonsense. But we digress and continue. Um, in terms of this series, I think we already mentioned best player Morgan Riley. Was there another player in the series that impressed you? Yeah, honestly, Sam Lafferty. He looked garbage in the first against Tam- in the first series against Tampa. But I thought he was like, like you said, like listen, impactful. I- I've criticized Keith many times for throwing out that mm-hmm. fourth line in, in disadvantageous situations and in the end of the game when you're tied and like, again, in overtime, right? But I mean, they were like the only line that felt like was able to like, like they were able to get the puck in and, and either create an offensive zone face off or they, they did positive things only, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, I thought they played really well. So like, I'm like, Same. in it, with based off of my expectations for them, I think those were. Those two, Camp and uh, Sam Lafferty, Lafferty, are two guys who I think played well for me, based yep. off of expectations, obviously. Agreed, agreed. Um, just trying to look at the underlying numbers. Yeah, Sam Lafferty, 53%. And that's an upgrade because last series, he was like last in expected goals every single game, it seemed like. Um, again, that speed factor, like that's just a guy. There's so many little things. His willingness to throw the body. You mentioned on Twitter, they didn't even play him on the PK. He like, led the league in PK goals, probably yeah. because he's not also the smartest player, so he doesn't know where he's going out there. But anyways, that could be something to use for next year. Like, just There's so many little things, his use of the stick. When he throws the body, I don't know why he does it so up high. He doesn't get any leverage on guys. Like There was a play where I think it was Montour was able to body him to the net. Like He had the willingness to throw the hit. But he just did it so up high that Montour just bounced off of him and went straight to the net. Like, there's just so many little things where it's like, dude, like, like stick on puck, like throw the body a little bit lower so you get more leverage. Like, there's he leaves you wanting so much more. But that's where it's like, someone predicted Sam Lafferty next year like 35 points, which is beyond a career high for him. I'd be like, I could potentially see it. I wouldn't project it, but I could potentially see it if he fixes some pieces of his game and the Leafs are able to work with him this summer, right? I mean, yeah, if he's playing for the third on the third line with the Leafs, depending on who that center is, you could probably do it. Like, not that. if he figures it out. Yeah, like, yeah. Plain well, and simple. obviously, because um, yeah. Well, he again, he showed he showed promising signs mm-hmm. in the last couple of games. That's kind of part of the reason why we got him. I mean, like again, three point three. Three points in nine games for a fourth liner is like there's not really much more you can ask out of him. Um, exactly. So, oh, I was looking at all situations expected goals. Ew, why would I do that? It doesn't matter. Anyways, he, does, he has like zero. He doesn't play penalty kill. He was still fifty three percent, so he doesn't play special teams yeah, at all. On zero. for four goals, four and two against. Nice yes, in this series. Yeah. So yes, 
that's one. Those are two guys who I thought played well. Jake McCabe, I thought, also played pretty well in this series. Um, Despite being on for two goals, four, and seven against at five on five. Oh That's God. crazy. 54% expected then. goals, four percentage. 54%, 3.694, 3 3.09 against. Two goals, four. Two actual goals, four, and seven actual goals against. Okay, maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe I, I'm just... I blocking. thought he was okay. I think, like... Yeah. With Logren, he was pretty pretty yeah, maybe decent. I, I, I think it, in this game, he in, in game five, he played all right. Just a weird one. He felt sure. better. Like he felt really good playing with Logren the last two games. I think maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'm just I have that at the forefront of my mind. So thought he played well, yeah. and then obviously William Nylander. Like I I, I don't know how we hundred percent talking about William Nylander scored the most important goal for us in in that game five. Uh, created a ton of chances. Was like a a one man transition machine Viking crew. Yeah. Um, I mean, just couldn't, we couldn't get it done, but he played well. I honestly yeah. think him and Marner played Honest, well. Like, yeah. Only honestly. three points in five games in this series for him and Mitch Marner. Like, I just felt like they deserved a lot more. A lot of people were bashing Mitch Marner, like, because, but like, look at it. Like game one played like garbage. Sure. Game three played like garbage. Sure. Game two, four and five. I thought he played well. Yeah. I thought he was noticeable. I thought he was setting up some a lot of great chances. It's just really tough when the guy that you're setting up clearly has an injured wrist and cannot finish on chances that he normally does. Like, like what else could you do and ask for when you are the playmaker, you are playing with a goal scorer, and the goal scorer is not scoring? Yeah, you you pretty much your number your yeah your numbers are not going to look as good and. People that don't know what they're looking for are gonna bash on on your play. Yeah, and I think you summed that up pretty well because, I mean, on the power play alone, like how many chances, like that Ryan O'Reilly goal that was created by Mitch Marner, right? Like that. That was that, a terrific play. That uh, like how many like, other players are doing that? That patience, the puck handling, the vision, just to get it through that like that seemed like that like that was such a nice play yeah and he and, and he also set guys up on the power play last game too like he, he wasn't it wasn't for lack of trying like people no. always question this guy's effort they say that, they say that he doesn't care like in the lot in, in this game i think it was he had let me, let me pull up his uh like individual stat line he had he, he was like 55 five percent expected goals five shots five shots how many hits do you have can't find i think he had nine hits in this game, he had, he had, sorry, seven hits. Wow, seven hits, five shots. I mean, six Corsi. Like I, I, I don't know. Like it's, it wasn't for lack of trying. I can tell you that for no. free. And again, I saw it too. Like that jackass. That jackass Tim Peel was trying to say that Austin Matthews is soft. Whatever. Matthews still had nineteen hits in this series. Like he's not soft. He just couldn't score when you needed to like Mitch Marner 13 hits in this series in five games yeah again but here's the thing here's the problem though people have preconceived notions on what these players are yeah and also and Tim, them, Tim Peel's a stupid fucking jackass yeah so for them let's just for, call it how but, it is He's but there's also other people who are who are like that as well and for them to admit that they're like for them to yeah say I have no problem though calling out Tim Peel he's a yeah. fucking loser yeah but for them to say that these players are good now or they can perform in the playoffs would mean that they admit that they are wrong and a lot of people have an ego and don't want to do that and think they're right on everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, 
I'm similar, but like you, you could just rewind this podcast about 10 minutes and hear me say I was completely wrong about Morgan Riley. And I'm happy that I was wrong about him. He played well, right? So I just he hope people excellent. are a little more honest and genuine when we have this, these discussions over the coming months about what this team needs to do and who should be moved and all that stuff that honestly, I'm whatever. It's, it's always fun. Off season mode is always fun. We're entering mm-hmm. off season mode, but let's be honest with our discussions and let's remember like who, like let's, let's like set a bar for what we think is con- considered. Well, I think, I think if yeah. we, I think we established what that bar was. And I think Marner in particular definitely performed past that bar. William Nylander, I think performed past that bar. Austin Matthews and John Tavares, I think both had a little bit left to, to be desired, but Big sometimes the way she goes, sometimes the way yep. she goes. Uh, what did you think of Ryan O'Reilly in this series? I just mentioned it because he's uh, he was a big free agent acquisition. Finished the the series with two points in five games. What did you think of Ryan O'Reilly? I thought he didn't play. I, I thought he looked good, not great. Like he was relatively impactful. Could have been more impactful, but I also think that he was probably playing hurt. Probably had a broken probably. hand because he didn't the, look the finger. Yeah, and awesome. I don't. I don't think the. Um. Let's let's call it the style of the series. I said this earlier. Him and the Achari, need for the need for speed. They, it doesn't doesn't really play well into Ryan O'Reilly. It's, it didn't no. hinder him. It wasn't a hindrance on on his defensive ability and his his ability to keep the puck out of the net and ability to kind of diminish scoring chances and and kind of quiet down the high event hockey that Florida sometimes likes to play. But offensively, I think he left a little bit more to be desired. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he made some good defensive plays late in game five, I would say. Like a couple nice takeaways, but I believe he was on the ice for that overtime goal and he was the one that blew a tire, right? I think they, that was Lilligren. Th- oh, Lilligren and him both blew a tire. Okay, yeah. They went three deep, didn't, and then the puck ended up coming back the other way. Cal Yarncroft did his best, but yeah, Radko Gudis. I mean, a lot of people are going to criticize Gudis for shouting in front of Wool's face on the overtime goal. He did congratulate him and, like, stopped and, like, gave him a pat and said excellent series to him in the handshake line. Like, just remember that part. He is a big cave man and showed a lot of emotion on that overtime goal. Yeah, but, but also, again, like, it's a picture. Do we, do we yeah. even know if, he, if that was the intent of him? Like, or did it were, just... you in, were you in that picture? No. Oh, Josh was. Yeah. Um, Your brother was. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know. Again, like... How were the emotions in the arena when they were down 0-2? Oh, they were they were not the best, but, I mean, that that first goal it reignited the crowd. Okay. And then after that Willie goal, everyone was buzzing. And I think what, he scored with, like, five minutes left, four minutes left. Yeah, it was pretty uh, late. And Just... I think a lot of people were pissed off, like, at the end of the period when... Marner got hit by a stall. Um, so it was very yeah, high well, vibes and everyone got pissed off. It was, yeah, that was garbage. I was in it. So it was good to see that, but that was so garbage. That elbow from Eric, from Mark stall. What a yeah. loser. Anyways. Yeah. That, uh, that's the series. Got some much needed, slightly unexpected goaltending from Joseph wool. I think they battled hard. Just few bounces didn't go their way. And that, resulted in the the entire series they didn't get blown out on the scoreboard in any of these games the one game they lost one game by two goals two overtime games like it was a close one 
And sometimes not all those close ones are, are going to go your way. Right. Yeah. And again, like we lost two games in overtime, you score two times in overtime and it's a completely, the, the narrative around this team completely shifts. So to let two goals kind of dictate how you feel and how you think about this team, obviously we'd be in it, which is definitely a lot easier, but all I'm trying to say is let's, let's just, it's all right. Let's be rational. Let's, yep. It happens. Off listen, season. listen, we, we finally, we made it to the second round. That should be, again, people, people, we're not going to raise banners, but like, again, I had a good time. I, I hope you listening had a good time and enjoyed watching it because, again, we, we do this because we like it, right? We don't watch yeah. hockey because we like hate, 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 like love the feeling like when we lose. We watch hockey just for the enjoyment, the excitement of it. I had a fun time. You watch hockey for entertainment. If you're not entertained by it, don't don't watch. I don't know. Yep, exactly, exactly. Any other thoughts on the series? Uh, yeah, just one. Uh, yep. Like I guess just the playoffs itself. I touched on Wall a bit, but man, we, we it looks like we finally have some. Knock on wood, but it looks like we finally have some good young players coming up in our system after felt like six or seven years of almost nobody. So I'm really, really looking forward to next season with Matthew. Matty Nyes, Nyes and Joseph Look, Wool. Even forward, don't forget Nick Robertson. Nick Robertson as well. I'm looking forward to see how those guys play. So um it's three good to look forward pieces. to. Yeah. 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 Maybe even Pontus Holmberg can take another step. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, that's all I had for this series. Just tough. It was close. Sucks as a result. Didn't go our way. It's off season time. We're gonna continue to pump out episodes. Um, just talking about anything Leafs relevant that comes up or Leafs well, related that comes up yeah. um, and just general NHL that's going on because there are a lot of, a lot of other great series going on. Um, I want to say this at the beginning of the episode, totally forgot. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this podcast is nothing without everyone that listens, everyone that DMs us, everyone that sends us likes, engages everything. Thank you very much. It means the world to us. Right. Yeah. Um, and like you said, a lot's going to be happening this off season with the lease. We'll do least related content throughout, but Monday is probably going to be a big, big day. So um, expect more from us in the future, I guess, in, in the coming weeks. Yeah. We'll try to do as much as we can, yeah. but while keeping it not annoying because the Leafs are out. Let's, let's remember that this is a Leafs podcast and they are out right now, but yeah. there is no off season for us. Anyways, if that's all for today, thanks everyone for listening. Go, let's go.